Welcome to Unstyled. I'm your host, Christine Barbrick, co-founder and global editor-in-chief of Refinery29. Each week, I invite a notable person to come in and talk with us as we explore the funny, inspiring, sometimes heartbreaking tales of life, work, and love, as told through the things that we wear. Less than six months ago, Ilaria Baldwin gave birth to her fourth child, her fourth in four and a half years. Baby Romeo joins older brothers Leonardo and Raphael, sister Carmen, and Ireland, Ilaria's 22-year-old stepdaughter. It's safe to say that Ilaria's hands and home are pretty full these days, and she wouldn't have it any other way. Ilaria always wanted children, but never expected to have such a big family so fast. With the exception of Romeo, all of her children were surprise babies, but she's used to unexpected twists. She met her husband, Alec Baldwin, when she was out to dinner with friends, and he was seated at the next table. She'd just turned 27 and had recently opened a yoga studio, Yoga Vida, where she taught nearly every class herself. Her hands were full already, but from the moment she started dating Alec, she knew her life was about to change. A few weeks in, he asked her point blank if she wanted kids. He was 26 years her senior and eager to have another child. Another big twist, but Ilaria was ready for it. The following year, they were married and expecting their first. Since then, Ilaria has been refreshingly open and sharing her occasionally controversial experiences and opinions on motherhood. She famously began sharing postpartum photos on her Instagram account after the birth of her second child. The first photo elicited both huge support and outrage as we know so well women's bodies so often do. She was stunned by those who picked apart the image of her postpartum body, telling her to, quote, cover up. But Alaria had been through her own difficult journey with her body after recovering from a long-term eating disorder in her 20s. She'd worked hard to achieve self-acceptance, and faced with this new criticism, Alaria decided to take action. Rather than shy away, she decided to get real with her followers, not just about her body, but her whole life as a busy parent, a spiritual seeker, and a dedicated businesswoman. She shared snippets from her daily routines, the sleepless nights, chaotic mornings, and most famously, the quick micro-workouts she squeezed in throughout the day, often with a baby or two in her arms or underfoot. She still got flack from those who saw her lifestyle as an unrealistic depiction of working parenthood. She is a Baldwin after all. But Alaria's message was clear. She wasn't telling fans to do everything she did. She wanted to inspire her followers, many of them fellow working moms too, to build the life they wanted. Today, Alaria is busier than ever. She published her first book in 2016, and she's about to launch a podcast called Mom Brain with Daphne Oz. Both her career and her family are growing at lightning speed. But Alaria is undaunted. Right now, her life is filled to the brim. And yes, she's ready for more. Elaria Baldwin, thank you so much for being a guest on Unstyled today. My pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Yay. It was really important to me to have you on as a guest this season to be my personal pregnancy guru. Excellent. Yes. And I was thinking about, this is my first pregnancy. It's been about eight 
eight and a half years in the making. Wow. So now being pregnant is like such a revelation. Like everything is new. Everything's exciting. And you seem to be kind of an expert at it. I do it often. You do it often. I do it often. I had uh, four babies in four and a half years. And your husband had a really hilarious quote from Jimmy Fallon about it too, that you're going to have to get a hotel room, hotel rooms or something nearby. The, to just like go and you're outpacing, take a nap. yeah, you're outpacing space in your apartment. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> well, we actually just renovated again, so I'm moving my boys into our our apartment has become really long. You know, New York living where you just <laughs> buy the one next door, so it's a very like long snake like apartment. At oh, this were you point. able to get acquire the apartment next door? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I know, I know. We had to pull a few few strings, but Good. it happened. Well, you didn't kick anybody out, though. They were they were they left willingly. They left very willingly. Oh, good. Yes, very willingly. Oh, nice. That's good. And we set them all up in some other place. So that no, it was good. It was all good. So I also read that you didn't really know how many children you wanted to have. You were just sort of like, I know I want to have kids, and I'm just going to see how it goes. And then you were really surprised at how much you enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, at the beginning. So I met Alec, and obviously we have 26 years difference between the two of us. And he wanted to have children right away. And we would go out on dates, and he didn't kiss me for the first six weeks. I've said that before, but he shook my hand for six weeks. And can I just interrupt you for a second? Is it true what I also um, heard, that you went out to a restaurant with girlfriends, and you were like, universe, like, this is the time I'm going to meet somebody. And he was at the table right next to you? I said, universe, I have an announcement to make. I'm ready to meet someone and fall in love. <laughs> and I was like, when obviously it really the time, pays off to make a declaration. I, I, I know. I do it from time to time. I love declarations. I uh, wasn't, when I saw him, that I didn't like put two and two together, but in hindsight, because I mean, I just looked at him and I was like, oh, really? You know, I mean, he wanted my phone number and I didn't give it to him because I'm like, we're so different. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then so he gave me his. And then my girlfriend actually called him. For you? For me. Without your knowledge? No. It was That's with so high my school. knowledge. It was very high school. But and we were kind of like giggling about it. I and mean, we were being a little immature about it. And so she was like, I'm doing it. And I had put his phone number into my phone. And he, she called. And I obviously, like, my phone wasn't blocked or anything. So then I think, oh, God, he's going to call me back. And I hung up the phone. Then I really am very high school. Um, so I left a very awkward message. Good. Like, hey, this is, it's a rite of passage. This is Ilaria, the yoga teacher you met the other night. I don't know if you wanted a yoga class, but I can teach you yoga if you want. I mean, I really didn't know. And I was like, okay, bye. And then I went and taught a class, and I got a missed call and voicemail from Alec Baldwin. I looked on my phone. I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do now? So he left me a message that I never listened to. My assistant at the time listened to the message and was like, he just wants to talk to you. Why were you afraid to listen to it? Because I... I had called him. I don't know. I mean, it was it was just such he was so out of my norm, which is exactly what I needed. You know, I, mm-hmm. I had been dating the same kind of guy over and over again. What kind of guy? Um, very, you know, good looking, young. Um, and not that Alec isn't very good looking. Wait, he's going <laughs> to listen to that and think, Alec, you're very, very good looking. No, but just, a, you know, I met them through yoga. I met them and we were kind of in that, I lived in the East Village, like that kind of vibe yeah. of, of um, people who were not ready to take the next step. And, and I was. And um, I was ready to not have to worry about whether the person was going to call me back or not. I wanted to, you know what I mean? Like, everybody's well, like. You get to a certain stage of life where that gets really, really old. Really old, but then at the same time, you stay in it. You stay in that cycle. And then you go out with your girlfriends and you talk about, like, oh, maybe he's just busy. Maybe you just forget. What if I send him an emoji? What if I do? I mean, like, the stupidest things ever. And, um, and it was just kind of amazing to meet somebody who was just like, hey, this is what I I'm want. I'm available. I'm available. You are what I want. 
And then we talked. So for those first six weeks after I went out with him and I went on out with him on a group date because I said I didn't want to go out with him, just the two of us. And he was game? He Well, he gave me an option. because He, he doesn't seem like a group date kind of guy. He is a group date kind of guy. Really? Yes, it was really interesting. So he would do these dinners um, and any of his friends who have been cl- included in these dinners of like very like weird eclectic group of people that you wouldn't normally put together. Mm-hmm. And um, so he said, you can either come to that or we can go out the, other, the next night. We can go with just the two of us. And I said, I'll take the group option. Really? So I was at this group dinner. and um, Who was and there? Marishka Hargitay was there, mm-hmm. a Broadway director, another actor, um, uh, a bunch of people who actually I didn't remember were there and were super close friends with now. And they keep on being like, I was there. And I'm like, I was so traumatized. I don't remember. So anyway, it was, it was an interesting group of people and then um and then i trial uh, by fire yeah just gotta just throw throw you into the deep end this is this is this is what life with alec baldwin could be like it was yes it was a little a little a little crazy i'm so impressed with the group dates though that makes me like him even more well i think he wanted me to feel safe and i had already said i wouldn't give him my phone number because i didn't do that i wouldn't like just be out someplace and give somebody my phone number which maybe I would have met different people if I, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. that's how you meet different people. But I was a little bit more closed off than that, a little more timid. Yeah. You never know who's out there. Anyway, so we had, it ended up being, I, I thanked him. I texted him afterwards and said, thank you so much for dinner because he brought me out to dinner and I was always the kind of person that I'm like, I'm going to put my credit card down too kind of thing and split the check. You and know what? That is a good, that's a good way to be. I'm still like that with my husband sometimes. I mean, I just think that, and I love it when, you know, he wants to take care of everything. It does make me feel loved and, mm-hmm. and protected, but he knows how independent I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just don't want to take it for granted, you know? It ended up being a really big thing for us because I... I think especially in this sort of this Me Too era and all this sort all this new conversation coming from what women we we feel like we owe men things sometimes. And so I was always afraid that if I didn't if I let them pay for me, what do they think that's you were consenting buying? to something? Exactly. Mm. So I wanted to be very, very, very firm that I was a strong woman and I can do this and you, I don't owe you anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything I do is my choice. And so I kept on trying to do that with him. And he would look at me and he would bring me to very fancy restaurants where I was like, oh God, oh my God, what if, what if he says yes and we have to split if I pay for it? Like, is my credit card going to go through? <laughs> And, um, and he would kind of like roll his eyes and give it back. But I, I felt very uncomfortable. And we had a very open conversation about that. Sort of saying, look, hey, I want to make sure I get to know you for you. I don't want it to be your money. I mean, everybody, obviously, everybody says, oh, 26 years difference. She's so much younger. He's this. He was famous. She that he had bother so much money. you? Um, I think it used to. Now, I mean, I've got four kids at this point. Like, this, if, You're committed. If I'm, you know what I tell people? <laughs> if I am that gold digger, like I shouldn't have had too many kids, formed kids, because kids are really expensive. They're really expensive. So I should have had like one and then like run off, which obviously I didn't do that. So I'm not a gold digger. No, no, no I don't no, think so either. No, 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 no. I follow both of you on, on social media, as I'm sure a lot of people do. Not in a creepy, obsessive way, but there seems like there's a lot of love in your relationship and obviously a lot of like mutual admiration. And I think that your children have really created this like this kind of circus vibe for you. It's really beautiful. I mean that in a really like I mean that in a really positive way, not in a silly it is, way. It is it is a circus. I mean it's total, total circus. And if you ever come and spend time with us and everybody always laughs because Alec and I have a certain banter. 
that has, you know, we've we've done publicly as well. So I mean, it's and it's funny. We're laughing a lot, but we'll each poke at each other, mm-hmm. and I'll poke at him just as much as he pokes at me. And I think people are surprised when they see that, because they, you know, often think older man wants to marry a younger woman because he can just boss her around, which is just not the case in in our relationship. He seems like someone that's just perpetually youthful too. He's always like doing new things and he's always just like, he doesn't seem to take himself too seriously. And I remember listening to his interview with Jerry Seinfeld, um, Comedians in Cars with Coffee. And it was really, really funny because he's just like such a real person. It's, you know, I don't know him, but he just seems like so down to earth. And he made like just some really like, he made a comment about you wanting to move downtown or something. And I don't, did you, did you listen to that episode? No, oh no. my gosh. You, you should listen to it. It's really funny. I know. My, my thing. And we both feel the same way is that we hear each other. We spend so much time together. Well, you when, should. That's good. No, but then when we're not together, we're just like, okay, let's like break. <laughs> Give me a break. It's been a couple of times where like we're in, we're arguing about like something stupid, like who, who even knows. And like, I'll get in the car and I'm like, all like, you know, pissed. And I get into the car and it's like, exactly. And, like, yeah. and then NPR goes on and it's like his voice. I'm like, stop, I can't get away from you. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I didn't. But anyway, going back to your, what, what, what did he say? On, he on just made Jerry? a really funny comment. He was just like, you know, I guess he'd always lived uptown, but he, I guess you moved downtown. And he didn't say where downtown, but he was just saying he's like, it's, and he, he imitated what it's like to hear people on the street <laughs> at night. I can't, I won't even try to imitate your husband because, but I must have rewound it. I played it for my husband. It's just a really, really funny scene, but he just seems to really enjoy, you know, the changes that, um, and the sort of transformation that you've brought into his life. I was impressed by the fact now, now that I know him better, because I didn't know him very well when we moved in, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, six weeks he took, he shook my hand. And then six weeks after that, he asked me to move in with him. Two months after that, we bought an apartment, and then we, you know, got over the next couple of months, everything so like fell into place. Hey, you know what? It, people say either it's too fast or it's just right. But it, now knowing him as well as I do, four children, I don't know, whatever it's like, eight years later or whatever it is, I he is not somebody who likes change. And the fact that he was in an apartment for 20 years and then told me, I'll move wherever you want. And I chose two blocks from my yoga studio because I started working at five o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I can't handle the commute all the way from uptown. So the fact that he did that is really kind of impressive. He, by the way, he wouldn't do that for me anymore. It was just like the beginning. It was the beginning of the relationship. You might be surprised. No, no. Alec, if you're ever listening to this, you and I both know that you will never, ever move like that for me again, where I get to just like pick a place and, and help move there. We're going to talk a bit about your social media and just the kind of, you know, the kind of messages and the kind of image that that you discuss on your social media and just also the the kind of dialogue that you have with a lot of your audience members, especially through your pregnancies, which I think is so interesting now that I am pregnant because it's so interesting. And I don't know if you experience this. Obviously, you've done this much more than I have. But when you become pregnant, it's almost like you become like everyone's property like everyone feels like the sort of need to comment or Mm -hmm. ask or maybe touch you Mm -hmm. you know not like in an inappropriate way but Mm -hmm. that you sort of your body is not your own anymore it becomes this sort of object of discussion yeah yeah but did you experience this sort of reaction when you were pregnant so I would say it it's it starts even before that where I was somebody who I mean unless you took my yoga class you didn't know who I was so then all of a sudden you step into the spotlight or a spotlight 
amongst many spotlights that are out there, but you have, you know, you're in magazines, you're on TV, you have paparazzi following you. And already when that happens, people feel a whole different comfort zone of commenting on what you look like, what you're wearing, you know, I mean, all, all of the kind of things. So that was very, that was very traumatic for me at the beginning. It was very, 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 very upsetting. Cause I'm like, Hey, it's, it's just me. Yeah. It's just me. I didn't change. And then, you know, I've in not always very, um, smooth ways. I learned to deal with that. So I think by the time I got pregnant, I was already used to that. And whereas I think it, it's a bigger, shift for people who haven't had that experience and go from the not pregnant to all of a sudden pregnant and and then experience this kind of attention and this sort of lack of filter that people have about commenting on you and I had already experienced that and and it's it's funny because you'll like you know today I posted something showing when I was super super pregnant and my belly this time was really big and then 12 days after and then a photo from this morning and it was... Was this the post that you had done a while, just a bit ago after the birth of your last son that you got a lot of... You, you got a lot of... Um, I do. There was a lot of discussion There's about it. There was a lot it. of discussion. So I started doing it with my boys. With Carmen, I was so nervous about photo, yeah. photos and everything. And I didn't... I wasn't as comfortable as I am now. Carmen. Mm-hmm. Carmen is delicious, <laughs> baby. Um, but I... So this one I added on to... I had done a photo of right before he was born and then 12 days after and then today I added on one from today and the reason I do these things is because m- the majority of comments are saying hey you know what you're so you've helped me so much I've lost so much weight with you or I'm gained weight if that's their issue or I've you know started eating better I feel better I've done this I'm not drinking as much whatever their issue is they have made themselves healthier and mm-hmm. then that motivates me and also to say hey yeah you know we can be moms but then you know you can be fit and you can be you feel good because fitness equals feeling good yeah a lot of times you know working with students people don't realize how badly they feel until they start to feel better they don't realize the chronic pain or how the food that they're eating is affecting their system and it gives me such joy to see that change of like whoa life can be so good and i can feel so much better and have so much more energy i think that the thing that i've been learning is to be kind to myself because i do feel like it's i think the one of the most startling things is i wasn't prepared for how much my body was going to change mm-hmm. and so quickly and it's interesting because you know i've wanted to be successfully pregnant for so long and when i finally was pregnant and things were going well and the doctor kept reassuring me that you know everything has been good and then you start to really like kind of surrender to it yeah and it's scary especially it's- when you're you know you sort of have a certain routine you know mm-hmm. you have like things in your closet that you love wearing yeah. you know that make you feel good and i went through i wouldn't say a little depression in the first trimester but I was also on lots of different weird medications, you know, to kind of like mm-hmm. really like sustain the pregnancy early on. And um, and it was just like a I really had to adapt and I had to I worked with some really incredible people to help me just to feel really accepting and positive about it. But I think the thing that I've loved about your social media and I've saved a lot of your exercises is that as I've progressed into the into the pregnancy, you always sort of like give this leeway like even if you have five minutes, Mm -hmm. if you have 10 minutes, even if you have 30 minutes, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. It makes a difference. Yeah. And honestly, days like, like even now when it's hard for me to get my shoes on, when I'm watching people like you doing all these incredible things, like 
far more pregnant than I am and I'm just like really struggling, it actually just like helps, you know, give me encouragement. I mean, and that that's that's the that's the point is it's it's there to encourage and some people will say you know and, and that always makes me feel a little bad where they'll say oh you know I felt kind of like I'm trying to do this and I see you do this and you're making me feel so bad and I feel like people have to get away from that I mean my job it doesn't make me feel bad I, well, I hope not and, and for most of the people who write me it doesn't but of course like of course like the, the negative voice for some reason I find it motivating rings rings a lot I, I hope so but you know my job is yoga if I wasn't good at it, that would be really sad. That would be really, really sad. You know, you have a beautiful voice for doing this, and that's amazing. And if you didn't have a beautiful voice, that would be really sad. You know, if if the mathematician <laughs> they wouldn't let me have a they, podcast. They wouldn't let you. It's have expensive. Podcast. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's a lot of work. The um the mathematician has to be good at math. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has their little niche. And I figure, hey, you know what? This is something that I'm good at and I know a lot about. So I want to help people. That's mm-hmm. why I became a teacher. Um, and and that that's purely what it is. You know, period, end of story. I, I have this information. I am there to help other people. If you want it, take my hand. And if it doesn't work, that's okay too. There's a lot of other people out there to follow. Yeah. No, no, no. I totally agree with you. But I have found it really motivating. You know what, though, that you have to keep in mind? This is your first baby. I know. And it's been a and it it sounds like it's been a process getting there. With my first baby. Were you really cautious? I was so cautious. I know I'm really cautious. I did cautious. it so differently. And you know what? When people tell you, because people will shame you and be like, oh my God, you should be like the kind of person that like the pass the pacifier falls on the street and you put it back in your mouth. I've had four babies. Don't do that. No. You know what I mean? That whole like there's almost like there's like this cool vibe of like, oh, it doesn't matter. We don't have to wash our hands. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to like <laughs> bathe my child in Purell. But there's certain things like would you lick the ground? No. no. Okay, then your kid shouldn't either. Yeah. But you, you have to learn for yourself. You are the mommy. You are the expert. And even this, though this isn't something that you have – that you've done before, this baby isn't going to care about anyone else. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. His opinion except for yours. Mm -hmm. Mommy is the top. And so, and this, going through this experience and you choosing what kind of exercise you do or what kind of food you do or when you're sleeping or what kind of pillow you're using or whatever it is, what kind of clothes you're wearing, that's your job. And you being boss lady, that's all that matters. And you need me, I needed to go through the cautious thing in order to become a little less cautious and find my own balance. And you have to, and every first mom out there has to. And the more that they're listening to everybody and sort of feeling like, oh, okay, well, I'm a little self-conscious because I feel like I'm being cautious and people say, don't do that. Just like, okay, in one ear and out the other. And you trust your instinct, even if your instinct changes, even if you go on to have another child and you do it differently. That's okay. You can only know what you know when you know it, and that's enough. I think that's good advice. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think so much of my process has been about just reassuring myself that everything is okay because mm-hmm. everything, like everything, made me nervous. Mm-hmm. Even like in the beginning, like after I sort of, you know, entered the second trimester, when everyone says that you can start to really relax, 
I never really relaxed. And it was just like, I would take long walks and then I'd have cramps afterwards. And then I'd punish myself because I was like, oh my God, why am I having cramps? Anyway. But you know what? what? Start looking around because you've got what, like 10, 10-ish weeks left. You start looking around and be like, he was a baby and she was a baby and she was a baby and he was a baby and he was a baby. Like this is something that your body is designed to do. And even though the road has been different from other people, you can do this and a baby will come and you're not able to really know it until you hold your baby. Even this, like every single time I, I have this weird feeling, of course I'm bonding with my baby that's, you know, that I'm growing, but I don't, you don't really, really, really have that true bond until you see it. And one of my friends, she said, it's just because you haven't met him yet. Mm-hmm. And it's really true. As close as you are, you're never closer than you are when you're pregnant, but you haven't met your daughter yet. Mm-hmm. And when you meet your daughter, it all comes together. It's going to be like, and I can tell you about it. Anyone can tell you about it. But again, until you experience it, it's not going to all come together. And when I see you after the baby's born, we'll have this conversation. Okay, good. I, I can't start crying this early into the interview because it's like it it makes me really emotional did you see the serena williams documentary when she has her it's really incredible there's a scene which i'm sure many listeners have seen i've talked about it with so many people when she's you know has to have an emergency c-section and they you know obviously they they lift her daughter out and they show her daughter through i mean i'm getting emotional even talking about it they show her through the plastic and she's she's kind of, you know, she's exhausted and she's, you know, she's obviously on lots of medication and she sort of raises her hand and she goes to like, and I just remember thinking like, that's the first time that she ever saw her baby. And we're seeing, like we're observing this. And it was just like, I can't tell you, it hit me like a, like a truck. And I made my husband watch it. And also when you posted a really, really beautiful post of when one of your sons was born and I was like stunned, you know, I didn't, I, you know, I guess I don't, I hadn't seen that many babies when they're, mm-hmm. when they're first born and how beautiful he was and just like how, oh, it's mo- it's so I know, magical. but how different he looked when he first, I mean, would you tell, would you tell us about that post? So I believe that's with this last one. And so Carmen, I didn't get to hold her right away because there was some meconium in the water and mm-hmm. she was fine. But they just took her and just made sure she was okay. So it was like, you know, it was probably like a couple minutes, but it felt like an eternity. Yeah. Raphael was born with the cord around his neck and he came out blue and they put him on my chest, but he wasn't breathing very well. So then they had to take him away. And that was very traumatic. Um, And he was fine. Did they know that the cord was around his neck? I think that they, I think my doctor has a suspicion, but he you know, he is very, you know, wanting me to be able to have a vaginal birth. Um, and he was okay. It, it was, he was, he was okay, but it was just, it was a very long labor. It was 23 hours. It was. That's another thing I'm worried about. Anyway, we'll keep long going. Long labors are actually nice because you can prepare. No, all the perils with the cord. It's like, this seems oh, like the, the cord, cord can yeah. get everything. So much so can happen I had with two it. babies with the cord. My last one had the cord around his neck and he was totally fine. He came out pink and screaming. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not as scary as, and then so Leo came out pink and screaming and like and they just put him on my chest and I kept on asking them because my other two were taken away from me I was like are you going to take him away and they're like no he's yours you can hold him and he nursed right away see I'm going to start crying he nursed right away and I was just like I was like a magical and then Romeo my doctor said to me he said I I can tell you I think that the cord is probably wrapped around his neck twice and I look at him and I had pneumonia 
and I was so sick. You broke a rib too, I, didn't my you? My ribs got like like little micro fractures, he called them. Ugh. Um, and I, w- I was just so sick and I was just like, okay, I see. I see you. I've done this four times. You're not chopping me <laughs> open. I know this. And I just sh- pushed him out really quickly. I mean, obviously I have experience with it. Yeah. But I pushed him out really quickly and he was pink and crying and you saw the and he, and Alec, my rule with him is please don't videotape my actual labor because I have a magical vision of what happens and I just don't want to know what's happening. I don't need to. Like I know in my mind that there's no poop. There's no extra blood. There's no nothing, nothing. There's nothing down there. It is a clean, perfect entry into the world. Yes. Golden gates. (laughs) It's totally fine. And then they put him on me and it's great. And I never need to know that it's different. Um, but then he has to record like once the baby gets put on me. And this last time around, he started, he started crying and he really? forgot. I was, like, I was like, take a picture of him. Oh my God. I'm like so nervous that my husband's going to be so excited that he's going to forget to take pictures. I know. You can, you'll be able to our doula, him. Our doula will be there. She'll yes. be taking pictures too. <laughs> Unstyled Podcast is made possible by Refinery29 and Airy, your body-positive go-to for intimates and loungewear. You know exactly what you'd want to wear while binge-listening to your favorite podcast. Never retouched and always real, Airy gives you the everyday pieces that make you feel confident, strong, and always the real you in your own style. have spoken openly about experiences with eating disorders throughout your life. But, you know, what was your experience in encountering that? So, I mean, I think that eating disorders are very common amongst most, unfortunately, amongst most young girls and women and on some level. It's not to the extent that mine was necessarily, but, you know, how many young girls play around with dieting or, oh, oh my God, I can't eat that because of, and for the wrong reasons. You know, now I think, okay, well, I'm not going to go and have a soda because soda is bad for you. You know, I'm not thinking, oh, the calories and the this and the that. It's like, you know, I mean, it's the the chemicals I'm thinking much more. And I started dieting when I was five. What? Mm-hmm. Somebody came up to me on the playground and said, you're very skinny, you're very pretty. Somebody said, I remember that. And you liked it? And I was like, well, it's just this idea of like, oh, okay, that equals that. And that is something, I don't know why it just connected with me. Wow. I've never heard that before. I mean, unfortunately, you, you, I've, I've even heard stuff come out of my daughter's mouth. And we never use the words skinny or fat or anything. Those are banned in my house. We never, ever, ever talk about that. Until like, she gets older. I mean, obviously, there's things that are going to that are going to be talked about, but I want her to be able to have a little bit more of a foundation. Somebody said to me, children, I mean, as everybody says, children are a sponge. And at the beginning, you want to saturate them with as much positivity and groundedness as possible so that when all the negativity comes in, mm-hmm. and of course, they're, you can't raise them in a bubble, bubble, but once all the negativity comes in, there's not as much to absorb and they have such a foundation in being positive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I've even heard her say stuff stay stuff like that and I just kind of you know we, we deal with it when when she deals with it and she's not it's nothing and what do you say to her alarming. um she'll say to me she, she'll say even things like wow look at my belly I mean she still has got like a little kid belly I'm like oh my belly is so fat she'll say 
and is not a negative thing, so I don't make an issue out of it. She's just observing. It's just observing of like, oh, my belly is sticking out. And I just, you know, take a deep breath and I'll say, oh, is your belly ticklish? Or like I'll kind of go, mm-hmm. you know, off of that. Because once you make something an issue, because if I sit her down and say, oh, my God, Carmen, now let me talk to you about the word fat. Mm-hmm. That's She's not ready yet for that. I don't yeah. believe that she's ready for that. Um, and she tells me everything. We have yeah. long conversations about everything. So, I mean, I, I hear all the, the ins and outs of, of her day and what she's thinking. Um, you know, when, when we talk about She's like your eating, best friend. She's my BFF. She's amazing. She's like the best, best friend ever. Um, when we talk about eating well, because, I mean, obviously I want my children to, to eat well, but we do have dessert every night, which, by the way, when I first had just her, the pediatrician said to me, she's like, well, you know, kids will probably eat something sweet every single day. And in my head, I'm like, not my children. My children are going to be eating kale and broccoli and tofu mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Fast forward to, I give them lollipops sometimes and, you know, I mean, they're, they're kids. They have to be kids. Yeah. Um, so I, as, as we talked about before, mothers start out with an idea of what their kind of mother they're going to be. Yeah. And then they figure it out. Um, as I am figuring it out, you know, I'm still figuring it out. Because you have to get to know the person that you're raising too. It's like they have their own kind of they're agenda. All, they're all different and they, this is their life too. And they want to be able to experience certain things. You know, Carmen is somebody who loves like pumpernickel bagels like that's weird like it's that's weird that five years it's weird (laughs) she likes smoked salmon i mean she's like yeah she's like (laughs) she has her her very specific personality whereas rafa will eat like five things and one of those is tofu by the way he's like he's he's a very like thoughtful like i am a very healthy eater i mean it's not necessarily because of that but the things that he likes to eat he's a little bit like an old man in another Mm -hmm. way um, so I'm raising a bunch of old men, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, um, you know, I, I feel like in this day and age, what we have to do is we have to talk a lot more about what we're putting in our bodies in terms of making us strong. I don't say to, you know, my, my kids, you can't have a donut. We'll have that sometimes. You know, last night we went to a bakery and we, um, chose two different, two slices of cakes that they were like, they were so excited. And we go home and I get, I cut like a little piece of the slice for each of them because they're tiny and they don't need that much sugar right before bed, especially by the way. And, you know, we go and we make a a ritual about that. But food is always something that we're talking about, that we're experiencing. One of the biggest problems that people have, and when I got over my eating disorder, it was that I didn't have a connection about there's the food, this is what it feels like in my mouth, and this is what it feels like in my body. So it was like I didn't understand how to do that, those steps. And then eventually, I just realized, I was like, wow, I don't know what it's like to be full. How much am I supposed to eat? And you look at like any magazine, what you should eat to get skinnier, what, you know, what you, this 30-day challenge, or, you know, don't do this, or only have celery, or only, you know, drink bone broth, or only eat bacon, or like whatever it is. There's all these different things. Mm -hmm. And really it is, food is fuel. It should be enjoyable, and that's why it tastes good. Naturally, we are supposed to like eating. So you should enjoy what you eat, and then you should know when you need to stop eating. Mm-hmm. And the majority of what you eat should be good for you. And then you get to, I mean, I had chocolate cake last night. I had rosé and chocolate cake last night, and it was fantastic. And a lot of people look at me like, oh, she Where was the cake second. from? Did you make it? It was not. No, I went with, after my kids were sleeping, I went to Nick's, which mm-hmm. is a little restaurant nearby. Mm-hmm. So wow. Good. So yeah, it was delicious. It was delicious chocolate cake. So you have a podcast launching. Yes. What is it called? It's called Mom Brain, and I'm doing it with Daphne Oz. 
we have. How many kids does she have? Two? She has three. Oh, she's three. Okay. So amongst us, we have seven. Uh huh. Which really seems to add up. Oh, uh, yeah. We. Um, when does it launch? It is launching, I believe, this month or the end of the month. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm always that kind of person that is so happy to do the work and then, like, doesn't know a lot about the details, which. I feel you. Oh, at least I have four children who are alive right now, mm-hmm. and you know I keep them thriving. I keep them thriving every day. It's kind of what I'm focusing on. But I, I do have terrible mom brain, which is one of the reasons we call it that, is because we just throw that all all the time. Um, but she's, you know, Daphne is so incredible. We've been talking about this for a long time, and just you know, when you know how it is, you get onto your couch with your girlfriend, and you just talk about all things mom. And once we start entering, you know, the phase that you're in, and then throughout. All you want to do is talk about your babies. So it's really cool because we are having experts on. We're having, you know, different celebrities or people who have bigger platforms on. We're having sort of like the regular mom on as well. And But whatever it is, we're talking about big themes. So I'm not necessarily interested in, you know, talking to a celebrity for them being a celebrity. We want to know, you know, let's talk about epidurals. Let's talk about sleep training. Let's talk about vaccines. Let's talk about when you forgot your car keys in the refrigerator. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? All these things that really unite us as moms, regardless of the walk of life that we are leading. And it's really fun, at least. Hopefully it comes out well. We're having a blast doing it. No, I'm looking forward to it. I feel like a sponge right now. I mean, all of my friends that do have children, I'm just really milking them for as much sort of advice and information, especially about what to buy. There's so many things you have to buy. I have an, I'm having the most non-baby shower shower <laughs> in a few weeks because, you know, having children later too, it's like, you know, I'm already a very a fully formed human mm-hmm. and it's it's going to be really, it's going to be a huge adaptation, you know, sort of welcoming another person into our family. And I'm so excited about it. But I also don't want to forget like who I've been all these years. Right. I have lots of friends who don't have children And I do think that that's a part of integrating it into what kind of mom I'm going to be, you know? And I think that I've also said, too, that, you know, this baby really belongs to so many people that, you know, have helped to kind of encourage me and keep me on the path and keep me focused and help to support me so, you know, we could get to this point. And I kind of love that, you know? As as they say, it takes a village. It It really really does. does. It really does. But I think it's going to be exciting to hear your podcast because... I do think there's a lot of stereotypes when it comes to pregnancy and birth and motherhood that I think have always kind of turned me off as a Mm non-mother, you know, and I think it's just going to be really refreshing to hear more about this kind of otherhood kind of world. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it doesn't have to be that, like, I remember people would always talk about, oh, it's so annoying, they always bring out the photos of the kids and all this and all that. It's amazing. I mean, you have a person inside of you. You right now have a person inside of you. I know. She's very active right now, too. <laughs> like, Whenever I'm, I'm in jump the podcast, on your bladder. <laughs> I think it's because she hears my voice. It's yeah. like it's like so funny. It's She's well, just all, always... Also, probably because of the headphones, and then you can feel the vibration inside of you. Maybe. My, mm-hmm. um, w- I was working a lot with Extra when uh, I was pregnant. Very, very pregnant. Are you pregnant still a correspondent with... for them? No, no, okay. no. Every once in a while, we'll do it, and we're still very good friends, but we'll do like a little bit something, but mm-hmm. it just ended up being a lot with all my yeah. million children. But uh, I was uh, I was working a lot with them right up to the end of, of my pregnancy with Carmen. And um, I had to do a couple of films. I had to go to the screenings and they were like Wolverine. And you have to go into the big theater and has all the special effects. And my yeah, entire intense. body was like 
shaking and I was I was getting so mad I was like I'm gonna be really pissed off if all of a sudden my my baby is breached because I go and I see one of these movies yeah that's too <laughs> like much that's too like much around. too much um stimulation too much too much it was too loud yeah um but you know I mean she's fine so what would you say is some advice about pregnancy and becoming a mother that you wish you'd known that you didn't know before you started I wish I feel like my message you know not just the health and the fitness and everything. And again, I, I do believe what I said before very strongly that you can only know what you know when you know it. And and there's a reason that you have to learn things in certain ways. You know, I would say the stuff that I taught myself that I was very focused on the second, third and fourth time around was that your body is designed to do this. Obviously, there's certain, you know, there's instances where you need certain support I had obstacles. I did. Yeah, but yeah. but you know what? You're you're doing it, and your body is meant to I do am. this, and <laughs> and that there is the light at the end of the tunnel because you start to get to the place where you are right now, and you're like, I can't imagine not being pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it it goes so fast in terms of. I mean, labor can be. You know, my longest was 23 hours. That's a long time, and you can kind of look at them like <laughs> kind of thing. But it goes. You're you're just in a like a different time zone, and so it just goes so fast. And just really being present, and it sounds like you're taking all the steps to do that, but just being really present for the moment and don't be afraid. It's amazing. It's so amazing. I mean, I was literally with my feet still in the stirrups right after Carmen was born. I looked at Alec. I was like, that was amazing. I want to do it again. Kind of like, like you're the, your kid and you go down like a water slide. You're like, oh, I want to yeah. do it again. You run back up. And it was just, and of course, I have done it again and again and again. But it's just such an incredible experience. And yes, it's there's pain and there's aches and there's you know, all this different stuff, but it's so worth it. And then your body is resilient. You know, you're you're meant to do this and then you're meant to go back to be you. So really enjoy, I know people say that a lot, but just enjoy, enjoy the experience. And everybody always, you know, the advice that people give to me from beyond the stage where I am is that it goes very fast and have many. Um, and so it, I am trying to spend as much time with them as possible. It's very rare that I'm not with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, um, and I am having many. So, and you know, who knows? I don't know if I'm done. I don't know. Every- I was going to ask, I mean, what do you think? I don't know. You know, um, Carmen very much wants a sister and I've had three boys in a row and I was sure that this last one, I was like, yeah, who has three boys in a row? This one. She does have you. She does have me and she has Ireland and uh she loves Ireland so Mm -hmm. much, but you know, I mean, she's big age difference and Ireland lives so far away. Um, and Carmen just asks about her sister all the time and she'll get mad at me sometimes. She's like, mommy, you only like boys because you only play you only make boys. Where is my sister? She'll say to me. And I just think, I'm like, I've done it so many times. You know what I mean? Like, why not try again? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I also... I also read that only one of your pregnancies was planned. This Is last one? The fourth. Because I was like, okay, I'll give her a sister. It's got to yeah. be a girl at this point, right? No. Um, And then, I mean, but at the same time, it's not like we weren't trying. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, how'd that happen? Kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my Rafa to Leo was tough because Rafa was six months old and I got pregnant with Leo. And I knew I was pregnant because, I mean... Because I just felt it right away, and it was before the tests were coming out positive. So I kept on going to my doctor, and I did blood tests, everything. I was like, I'm pregnant, and they're like, No, no, no. You just see your hormones off. You just had a baby, and I'm like, No, no. Were you still nursing? I'm pregnant. I've I have been pregnant and/or breastfeeding for almost six years. I got pregnant with Carmen December okay. 2012, and I got pregnant breastfeeding each one of them. You're going to have to come on Mom Brain. We can talk about all things Mom. I'm doing it. I'm doing well, it. It's really fun. I'm there. I'm there. 
Alaria Baldwin, it was such a pleasure to have you on Unstyled today. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you for all your amazing advice. Oh, thank you for having me. This was so fun. Good. I hope you're inspired after hearing Alaria's story. For even more Unstyled extras, check out Refinery29 or my Instagram at Christine Barbrick. You can also join the conversation using the hashtag Unstyled across your social media. And of course, we'd be infinitely grateful if you'd please subscribe to the Unstyled podcast on iTunes and rate us while you're there. You can head to refinery29.com to find this episode and more, and make sure to sign up for our exclusive Unstyled newsletter delivered straight to your inbox every week. Our show today was executive produced by Bridget Todd, associate produced by Rebecca Easley, and edited by Priscilla Mena. Copy support was provided by Kelsey Miller. Our theme music today is by the artist Koff, and we recorded Unstyled with Paul Ruist at Argo Studios. We'll see you back here next Monday for a conversation with gymnast and activist Ali Raisman and Aerie CMO Jen Foyle on finding your voice as a leader and a brand. See you then.